Hello, Justine. Hey, Cole. Welcome back to the Chillinois podcast. Yeah, thank you. I'm really excited. I did a cool webinar panel today um, for cannabis, and then today our guests are talking about a subject that's going to be very near and dear to my heart. Yeah, so why don't we just let our guests uh, introduce themselves. Nick, why don't you go ahead and reintroduce yourself? Yeah. I'll start with you. My name is uh, Nicholas Stankus. I'm with the UFCW Local 881. I'm an organizer with that. Uh, the, the UFCW stands for United Food and Commercial Workers. And uh, we are the AFL-CIO affiliated union that uh, represents cannabis, uh, all cannabis workers throughout the, throughout the state of Illinois. Awesome. And uh, Rami, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the Chillinois podcast or the audience What's of the Chillinois, Chillinois podcast. <laughs> What's up? Uh, my name is Rami. Uh, I am a wellness advisor over at Sunnyside in Champaign. Been working there since last October. Cannabis enthusiast uh, and all the above. Awesome. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for setting aside time in your day. And thank you for uh, delaying this uh, call. I pushed it back a few times, so I appreciate your flexibility on that. Um, So why don't we talk about what's going on? I don't know who wants to start, but there's some news to share. Who wants to share? Yeah, I I guess I'll start. Um, So uh, there's uh, been there was some outreach from some of the employees from the Sunnyside Champagne location um, down in Champaign, Illinois. Um, I'm looking for representation, ask, asking some questions about, you know, what is the process of, of unionizing their location? Um, and we've, uh, we've filed a petition with the National Labor Relations Board, uh, and we're going to be holding a, uh, the first in-person uh, ballot or election, rather, excuse me, um, uh, for, uh, for that Sunnyside location down there in Champaign. And uh, we're really excited about it. Um, and then, you know, hopefully have a, another dispensary and another contract for uh, some cannabis workers in the state of Illinois. Yeah, that is super exciting because I know um, I have not been at that dispensary since January of 2020, but I know prior to that, it was kind of almost a, I don't really want to call it a running joke because I feel like that discounts it, but it was something that we were absolutely having conversations about. But, you know, when it comes to unionization, it's always a conversation that you have to have kind of behind closed doors and you you got to make sure that the right people don't hear you and kind of keep it to yourselves until you're ready to act. So I am super happy for everybody over there that they were able to get you involved, Nick. Yeah, no, I, and uh, it's it, it was extremely exciting. And, you know, having worked uh, in the sunny side myself, um, you know, prior to 2020 and then with the advent of uh, of REC uh, in, on Jan 1, it's uh, – it, it was startling to see the difference, you know, and I don't think it's just, it's any one company. It's, you know, all cannabis workers in general, um, you know, we're looking to create an industry that's sustainable for ourselves. Um, and, and, you know, that can grow along with the, with the growth of cannabis within Illinois. I mean, we're seeing obviously record sales and that's not slowing down regardless of pandemic or not. Um, you know, so it's, uh, it, I'm eager to kind of represent, hopefully your hope, you know, fingers crossed represent this group going forward. Um, and, you know, into getting another contract for another dispensary in the state of Illinois. And it's, and, and Justine, you're right. It's, it's one of those things that's, that's what we fight a lot uh, in the early stages of, of organizing or when people have questions and, and they're not even aware that it is your federal right to ask these questions and to, and to organize. Um, and, and, and people just are unaware. And that's, and that's kind of you know, another reason why we're here is to kind of spread that message a bit too of, you know, what the process is and, um, you know, and, and how you can kind of do it safely and, 
um, and, and try and get to another contract here in the state. Yeah. So like you say, uh, you know, well, I guess my question is, or it's a thought, sometimes the company doesn't really help out in that regard either. For example, Amazon, I've heard they've made it really hard for people to get a hold of people who are trying to organize. They've like fenced off certain areas and stuff. So in some occasions it can even be made harder to organize depending on who you're working with. Right. Oh, Oh, absolutely. And even within the facility, they, you know, it's, uh, where they segregate workers, whether it's, you know, front of house, back of house, and, you know, kind of intermingle with uh, other employees and get the opportunity to kind of have those conversations. And I'm sure Rami could even speak to uh, some points on that too, of those, those difficulties of, you know, having those conversations within the facility, because you do kind of feel like you're looking over your shoulder. So uh, yeah, Yeah. it's, it's the kind of the constant battle we face. Yeah. It's interesting. The main, like kind of discriminatory kind of stuff like that has been, almost beneficial to some of us that have been maybe not necessarily vocal, but the company knows um, where we stand because they've just avoided talking to us in like these little one-on-one meetings that they've kind of been pulling fringe people off to the side to ask these questions and, you know, try and get their, their feel for things. But, um, you know, then they alienate us, the rest of us that, you know, they know where we stand. Mm Mm-hmm. So, Nick, remind me again, I was loading my Puffco when you were describing. Are you guys sending <laughs> a uh, – Are we? do we have a contract that we're going to vote on, or what's what's the deal again? Uh, we're, we're in the, pre- in the phase previous to that. So we're in the okay. election phase right now. So okay. we're going to – there's going to be an election held uh, in about two weeks down there. Uh, I want to say the 16th and 17th, if I'm not mistaken, of June. Um, Correct. And uh, so that will be an in-person election. Uh, so we'll get those results a lot faster than some of the other elections that we've been – uh, having which have been mail-in ballots and you know there's kind of a whole other litany of uh, 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 hurdles with the, with that type of uh, election but yeah we're so we're in the election process assuming that we uh, get the majority vote there then we'll get to the contract phase or the negotiating phase okay um, so Rami I'll have a few questions uh, for you but I was trying to oh, darn I just I just lost my train of thought um, what what I guess I'm, I'm sure people can fill in the blanks, but Rami, I wanted to ask, what made unionization seem? This is gonna. This is a softball question. I'll admit it, but I'm just, <laughs> you know, asking what, why unionization? Why do you? Why are you looking to organize? Um. Well, you know, for me personally, um, I think just where I stand, I guess you could say politically, or just, um, you know, my philosophy on life. Mm-hmm leans towards that idea to begin with that you know um as workers we have a lot more power together than we probably realize um and that unionizing is a a good way to you know keep that that power uh but it really came down to me and a couple of other employees you know um it starts as just griping as complaining Mm -hmm. um and you know and then it turns into like what we want to see fixed and what we want to see changed and how we can do that and on the list of things that how we can do that is uh organizing together and getting together to try and unionize now rami you didn't just come out one day in your morning meeting while you all were having coffee and (laughs) say hey let's let's do this thing right you probably had to approach it meticulously um do you have a little like guerrilla affair yeah, gorilla like warfare. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any tips or tricks for folks that are interested 
um, in pursuing this process, uh, folks that work in the cannabis industry? Because I guess what I'm trying to stress, folks, is that you do need to be careful having these conversations to an extent. You know, there's some of these companies have outwardly anti-union positions. Right. Um, and I think being intentful, like, you know, you're not talking to anybody for no reason. You are looking and recruiting people with intent. So I guess my piece of advice would be, you know, don't bite off more than you can chew. Don't think that you need to talk to every single one of your coworkers all at the exact same time and get every single one of those people to agree with you about every single issue. Um, you know, I, I kind of explained it like we're working, we're out. So, you know, we start with these core people that we know for sure stand with us and have the same feelings and then we just work our way out one person at a time or you know as um when we first got into this we were in the team system where you know i didn't meet half of the staff i didn't know any of the other people on the other team at least not super closely so it came down to you know once you talk to one person on the other team then you try and get them to talk to the people that you know they're closer with and can relate more with and and they you know they share a lot of the same issues and things like that um and, you know, it's a slow but steady thing. It happened a lot quicker than um, maybe I initially thought, which is not a bad thing. It's a great thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you know, you're definitely right. You definitely got to be careful about, um, well, I guess a good example is we had, there was an attempt to unionize previous to to this at the Sunnyside and Champaign where um, a coworker ended up just bringing in physical union cards for people to sign and essentially pass them out like behind the counter, um, mm-hmm. like after a morning meeting, uh, surprise, surprise, that did not get very far. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, I think it's a lot more personal than people think. And maybe it, it seems more like a, this really big deal and it's this huge task that you're going to try and overcome, but you know, it's really about getting close with your coworkers and reminding each other that like, look, we're the ones that hold this business up from the ground. So, mm-hmm. so I think, the other, I think the other point too, in that scenario too, and I, I think Rami's a little hesitant to pat himself on the back too, is, you know, when you have a group of employees that know how to communicate really efficiently and, and, and to, and actually, you know, carry that torch. I think that's a, that's a big part of this in the, in the entire conversation is that, you know, there has to be leaders within those walls to really start those conversations. Um, you know, and so my, I, 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 I talked to Rami, you know, very early on in this process and, uh, you know, I tip my hat to him for, you know, keeping it going and, and expounding upon the group and, and, and bringing people in piece by piece. And that's, uh, I think it's an integral part of this whole, whole process too. Yeah. I mean, I would agree. And I think that it speaks volumes to that, you know, this is what it really, in my opinion, I'm very pro union, um, for the record, but in my opinion, mm-hmm. it, it shows that your the employees know their value. They know their worth. They're confident in that. And from what I have heard across the state, the experience of being a bud tender is pretty universal and it's pretty brutal. And, um, you know, for whatever reason that may be, whether it's because the your customers are, you know, kind of crappy or the working conditions or whatever, so I think that it's really like it, it's very close to my heart, as I said earlier, that these are, this is the dispensary that I started at that started my cannabis journey. And these people are finding their footing, they're knowing their worth, and they're fighting for what they believe in and what they feel is right. And I think that's great that you guys are facilitating that. And even to echo that, uh, Justine, I think it's a great point. It's, it, I think what a lot of the cannabis workers don't realize are, 
they don't understand what they yield. You know, I think that, you know, nationally yeah. we have this, this conversation going of, um, you know, $15 an hour for a federal minimum wage. Well, in the state of Illinois, we'll be there in 2025. And, you yeah, know, yeah. And, and so it's, I mean, Rami and I kind of spoke a lot about that of, you know, how does this scale? How do we taste towards that? And, you know, with the union contract, we, you, you have a voice in that, in that part of the conversation because, you know, when you're not, when you're not operating under a union contract, you're, you're at will and you're, you're just whatever they're going to give you and whatever changes they want to make to their handbook and policy book, they can do that because that's what yeah. at will means. And so, you well, know, and, 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 sorry, go ahead, Ron. Oh, well, no, I was just going to say it's a, you know, they start you out and they get you in and they, they, uh, it's a little bit of a trick right now that not just Sunnyside, but just all kind of big corporations that are trying to find employment at the moment. Um, they use that $15 an hour as like a reward, you know, we're getting, we're making more than 15s, but, um, without getting into too specifically, but like, it's not much more than 15. So it's hard to say like, you realize that that's just that much more than minimum wage. You can tell me that 15 is nice, but that is what minimum wage should be. And when we do one and a half million dollars of business in a month, it's hard to rationalize barely making more than minimum. Yeah. And even full-time employees, I mean, they're realistically, even, even at a higher rate than that, you're, you're talking about making less than $30,000 in the course of the year. Now, regardless of where oh, you yeah, are yeah, yeah. in the state of Illinois, that's maybe as a single person that's, possibly livable right it's but it's you know uh, you know to my previous point it's you're like, not making any not, savings no you know, no not, and, and yeah you're you not building equity that? or anything like that yeah no no and how do you scale that or how you know how does that compare to the, the rest of the industry too because you know i, I can tell you i probably counted twenty thousand dollars in cash 40 times plus you know when i was a bartender or wellness advisor at the time um and it's you know you want to feel like you're a part of it but you, you just you end up feeling like a number a little bit and that's and that's in, in any industry, right? But, um, you know, it, it's with this industry being in, in its infancy, you know, it's important, I think, that people recognize that, that it's not just, oh, it's cool, I work at a, a dispensary and I get a discount. And it's like, well, you can have a really great career working here, too. And, you know, it's, yeah. it can, and that, this, this industry can elicit that. Yep. Absolutely. Um, so just for folks that are listening that are considering doing this and are maybe hesitant um, to confide in another coworker. maybe they're just not sure how to approach it nick um am i correct in thinking that you guys might be able to help uh just at least give some advice on, on maybe how to approach some of these things yeah no we uh we encourage people just you know to call us you know if, if they have any questions um or you can check out our website which is um illinois cannabis workers united.org um it's il you know the abbreviation for illinois um and you know, you'll, cannabis united workers.org uh il cannabis workers united.org okay uh and there's um there's some, some information on there you can uh you know, there's all of our contact information on there um you know and and reach out to us and and ask those questions that um or issues that you're facing within your facility because it's um every location is different and i think that's the other point of this that um, you know, generally we don't even get to that part of the conversation because it's so much about the issues that you are facing, you know, for in a location or that you're trying to improve, um, mm -hmm. you know, but what's unique about cannabis right now is since it is so new, you know, every contract that, that, that we've developed is unique to each, each location. So when we talk, the reason why we ask a lot of employees, what are the issues that are facing and what they want to change? And so we can address that specifically. It's mm -hmm. not this sort of, uh, well, I joined the union and I got this uh, kind of cookie cutter contract. Uh, in the end, it's, that's not the case. It's it's meant to really suit 
each location because every location is different. I mean, I, I, the Lakeview location that I worked at, you know, is, you know, probably the size of, you know, uh, uh, some studio apartments in the city versus, um, you know, there's, uh, there's, I've seen a couple of sunny sides that you can fit two basketball courts in. Uh, it's, so they're, they're all really different and they all have different needs. So that's, uh, that's kind of where we start with that conversation of, well, what are you experiencing? Uh, and then, you know, who have you spoken with? And uh, maybe there is some anti-union rhetoric that we know is happening in some of these locations where, um, and I'm sure Rami can attest to this of, uh, um, you know, well, we're, we're a family here and we, we don't need a union to come in here to solve our problems. Well, it, you know, judging from the way a lot of these workers are treated across the industry, regardless of which company they work for, you know, they need representation. They need, you know, to have a contract that supports them too. Gotcha. Well, oh, Nicholas, they put out a suggestion box actually, so they fixed our problem. Oh yeah, I forgot about the suggestion box. <laughs> All the problems have gone away with the arrival of yeah. the suggestion box. That's good to yeah. hear. It's good to hear. Um, yeah, isn't it's it? Probably, great? It's probably about like the suggestion box in the office where they clean it out like once every five years, and yeah. half of it's just. Oh, it's a really piece funny. Uh, it's actually directly above a garbage can. Of it, course. It, it could not be closer to a garbage can. Um, <laughs> it's also like, what have y'all been, you know, when we talk to y'all in person, do you realize that those were suggestions? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, Justine, do you have any other uh, questions or anything before I turn into devil's advocate on Nick and Rami again? Oh, I hate <laughs> when you turn into devil's advocate. Hey. <laughs> it's important. No, I mean, any, any great it. It's got to be somebody. It's got to be somebody. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I just like, I just can't get over how excited I am for this to go through. And I hope that the vote goes well. Because, I mean, the, the number one memory from working at that dispensary that I think of when I think of like reasons to unionize, um, I always think back to January 1st, 2020. We had worked from 4 a.m. until almost midnight, and they told us, hey, just FYI, you guys are all going to be here from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. every single day because we don't have enough, you know, badges right now for people to get behind the register. And, I mean, my pseudo-unionizing was, no, no, we're not. You're going to work this shift. You're going to work this shift. You're going to work this shift, and I'm going to work this shift, and that's how it's going to go. And if you don't like it, you can fire the whole staff. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, having done that myself too, Justine, it was uh, it, it was it was such a draining experience. And it at the same time, I think I was so naive to think that I was sowing seeds with a group that I really in, in an industry that I, I I came to really love. You know, especially and even only being exposed to a medical community it just blew my mind, you know, of the effects that cannabis had, you know, medically. Right. And, um, and, and it was so, it was so important. I was like, I can't wait for this to, to really go through and more people to participate. And, and once we kind of got past the first, it was, it was like, really, how do you treat people like this? And, right. and granted, you know, it, I mean, and like I said, I was naive to think that maybe it was just growing pains of the first and, you know, it was so brand new to Illinois and, Unfortunately, it just never progressed in a positive way. And it was, that's what kind of drove the conversation. And then, you know, we can have a whole sub conversation in response to COVID for everybody too. So, yeah. and, and even if we took that out of the equation, I think we would still be in a similar place. Yeah, I agree. All right, Cole, do your thing. I think that's how we felt too. Like it, you just think like, oh, well, it'll get better. And then it just doesn't, you know, it's just oh. like, oh, well, this is just, it's a busy time or, or they're just, you know, they're going to deal with this thing for now. It's COVID or this, that, and the other. And 
you know, you give them a thousand excuses. And then at one point you're like, okay, that's enough. Well, Justine, do you remember what they did for you when you guys were saying that you hadn't had breaks and everything? They're like, okay, well, we got you a hotel room. You can go over there for 15 minutes, but then you need to get back over here and get back to work. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Not only that, but on that 15 minute break. And I mean, we're talking, this is probably January 4th or 5th. I was trying to call up to Michigan to their recreational dispensaries just to ask them, when does it slow down? When does it get better? You know, when are we going to be out of the woods on this? Because this is insane. And um, really, I, I never heard back from any of them because it didn't slow down. It didn't get any better. They just, I guess, hired more people or something. But it was it was very hopeless for a while. Yeah, it was, uh, and Justine, I don't know if you, you felt this way too or experienced this yourself. Um, so the people that were in our line for the first, they were fed halfway through because they were waiting in line between eight and nine mm-hmm. hours. And everyone's like, you know how long I've been waiting in line? You know how long I've been standing here? Right. And, <laughs> and it's, uh, it's one of those things too where you're like, man, I really wish I could have gotten a slice of that pizza and a bottle of water in this amount of time too. But, uh, you know, it's, um, so yeah, I mean, it and, every effort's made for the for the customer at that point too because you know and and cole we could go on a whole other rabbit hole of you know pricing and you know what that all is and how much mm-hmm. money the state's making i mean it's insane you know considering- actually yeah i was about to to bring up i mean you guys were talking about or justine asked when's it going to slow down well illinois streak of record-breaking cannabis sales continued last month the sale uh, the state's Department of Financial and Professional Regulation reported on Wednesday that for the third month in a row, recreational cannabis sales exceeded $100 million. In May, the state saw $116 million worth of adult-use cannabis purchases, about $2 million more than the prior record-setting months. Um, $80 million was from residents. About $37 million were from out-of-state visitors. Uh, the figures do not include medical cannabis sales, and all of these, uh, this this whole report can be found on marijuanamoment.net. Um, so, can you imagine yeah. when eighths aren't $80? Hmm. Oh, my goodness. Sales are going no. nuts. Well, and, and even to, you know, to kind of echo that, you know, uh, and, and Cole, I think we might have chatted about this, you know, off the show of the Leafly Jobs report that came out, too, of, you know, of all the listings of how, of, you know, sales for 2020. You know, Colorado did, I think it was like $3.2 billion mm-hmm. versus, you know, Illinois doing $1.03 billion in 2020. But the mind-blowing piece of data that's, you know, that's in there too is Colorado did that with 500 dispensaries and Illinois did that with 81. Yep. Yeah. It's, Thank and, you and, for pointing that out. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And, it's, and, and sure, I think a, a portion of it is obviously pricing, but at a certain point too, and, you know, obviously this is another part of the conversation, when you have no competition, why would you lower your prices? Right. I've got a really good meme about that. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. I've got a good meme mm-hmm. about that. If folks want to see want to see that meme, it's the meme of the guy that looks like Will Smith with his finger up to his temple. Uh-huh. You know what I'm talking about? And it says, <laughs> yeah. "Why lo- you don't have to lower your prices if you don't have any competition?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's and big, it's uh, that's a big brain, not thinking. harder. Yeah, right. they're, they're fighting it too. You know, it's like, and 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 even as new dispensaries come out. It, well, there you, you go. Know, yeah. Now, now you're fighting the cultivator to get the product at that point too. So it's, you know, how does this evolve? It's, you know, and it, you know, and if it's just a group of at will folks, even in cultivation and processing centers or in dispensaries, they have no voice. So that's, yep. you know, that's where we kind of step in and, you know, and uh, I'm, I'm eager for Rami and his group to, to really kind of, you know, carry the torch and, you know, grow this union family and uh, throughout the state and see where we land. So, 
Yeah, so before we um before we move on to devil's advocate stuff, um I was reading about the fact that the state, you know, as part of the uh, dispensary law uh, or the dis- new dispensary licenses that are coming out, which thank you for bringing up the fact that they still have an uphill battle with regard to supply because their limitation they're limited to the current suppliers which are the current license holders which are basically the store owners at this point. So, you know, they're not going to be able to sell any social equity cannabis, at least least that's how it's looking right now. Um, But I was also reading tucked in that bill is an expedited badging process. Um, Are there any implications? uh, Is this a good thing or a bad thing? What do you guys think? Well, my thought is it's kind of middle of the road because I think the – at the end of the day, or, you know, to, to ref, kind of reflect in, you know, kind of in the same where, you know, Justine where was in her story waiting for employees to come in because that was the only group that was available to work. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, we're looking to get more folks in this industry, obviously. Now, that doesn't change, um, you know, the organizing process by, by having more people involved. I mean, in that same leaflet jobs report, they said uh, uh, 16,000 people uh, work in cannabis in the state of Illinois. Uh, but even in 2020, that was 8,000 jobs grown. So I'm I'm assuming that those will obviously even grow even more this year. Um, but with with the lack of new locations and cultivation centers, you know, kind of slowly getting bigger for in some locations. Um, yeah, they'll it'll keep growing. Um, and the badging process is important too. But you know, the badging pro the whole badging system I think is kind of uh, uh, skewed the wrong way too because. I think we've kind of chatted about this before. It's why, why do you have to acquire the same license that you would as a hairdresser or, or a massage therapist? Um, and you can work anywhere, but if you work in cannabis, you can only work in one place. Right. Yep. Thank because you for bringing it, you know, that up again. That does not elicit an industry. It, it just grows location. And then, and when you aren't aware of the industry and this was, um, you know, I'm sure Justin and I can kind of go back and forth too of kind of the initial red flags of, um, you know, new employees and kind of misinformation because you're always kind of on the line as an employee. You don't have uh, like a three strike rule to, uh, surround, protecting your license. You know, it's, if you lose your license and you break a state regulation, it's gone. Mm-hmm. And so, it, but by having more people in it, we have to make sure they're informed of both the state regulations first and each location is going to have its own shop regulations too. And they don't post that. I mean, it's even in the law that they don't have to share that or make that public domain. Um, so that's what makes that really hard. You have to ask a lot of poignant questions when you're on the, when you're in those facilities to say like, what isn't, isn't a regulation and how does this function? You know, and, and Cole, we talked about this a whole bunch of times, the bag, you know, if I, you know, have yeah. a, you know, have an experience in one place and a different experience in the other, but they don't both tell me it's a state regulation. Well, what am I supposed to believe? You know, right. it's just utter confusion. Well, um, and the, the confusion with that too, is that, um, for my understanding at least is, the dispensaries, when they are licensed, they have to submit, um, you know, these SOP standard operating procedures, and whatever they write into those SOPs becomes the regulation for that store. So they could put any zany workflow or anything at all. And I mean, this is employees are writing these SOPs. So if they are even a little bit misinformed, you can have conflicting regulations within the same store. And so it it does make it very difficult, um, especially if you are wanting to go from being a patient agent in one store to another, 
that's a whole other set of rules that you are now held accountable for that you have to follow to a T, whether they make sense or not, because this is what was written when we got our license. This is what we submitted to the state. This is what they're looking at as our law for this store. Yeah, and it's, it just doesn't allow for, you know, the the brand new workers to really learn the industry, you know, to under to really grasp state regulations because, you know, they're kind of sold this half truth. They're like, well, it is state regulation here. Yeah. <laughs> not, you know, not, not at the next location. So that's, uh, yeah, I guess, um, you know, so mm-hmm. kind of, I feel like I kind of strayed away from the expedited badging process. Yeah, I think that's good, you know, because, you know, nobody should wait for a job that they've already acquired. You know, if you've kind of gone through the, the interview process and, you know, you kind of made your way through, you should, you know, I think Cole, we kind of talked about this, you know, on our last episode of if you got a job at McDonald's, you'll probably get in the next day, right? And start yeah. and start working and start making money. But, you know, that's not the, that's not necessarily the case here. So, what, um, I, I mean, I, 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 I hope it's just good things. You know, I, I think that by more people getting involved in cannabis uh, in the industry, you know, obviously we'd like to see more support for the people that work there now, too, because I think everybody's kind of stuck working, you know, between eight and 12 hours, depending on where they work. And it's um, so they need the support, you know, and then that's that kind of falls within the state's range to really kind of expedite that process. So, you know, it's, that's one step in the right direction, I guess. Yeah, Abs- it, absolutely. I, I think, too, just a real quick point, but with the expedited badging process, I'm sure both both of you have gone through the same procedure where you get hired on at the dispensary and they I mean, in my experience, they told me, hey, don't quit your job until your badge is approved, because once your badge is approved, then it's going to be two weeks before you're actually going to be able to step in the door and work. So you're just wait until this whole process. So it was like I got hired and then six weeks later I could start my new job. And to me, I was like, man, that that's forever. You know, like you said, yeah. you could apply at McDonald's and get hired and start the next day. And it's just absolutely not the same in cannabis. It's kind of a gamble almost once you get hired, like, Ooh, is my badge going to go through? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And you just kind of keep showing up and just, it's like, it's like, I got all the tracking info, but I don't really know when it's going to show up. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's like uh, this, I'm with you. It's like this goddamn Wallace and Gromit poster that I ordered. They send me the tracking info. It's got caught in customs twice. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is a true story, but we don't need to go down that road. Um, big oh, fan. Oh, I had no, no idea you're a Wallace and Gromit fan. That's excellent. Yes, big fan, big fan. Love those movies. Um, uh, Rami, wanted to get back to a question I kind of asked, kind of asked at the beginning, and of course I'm not asking you to get into specifics ahead of uh, a vote and contract negotiations, but at a large you know, at a at thirty thousand feet, what are you looking to accomplish? Um, you know, I think there are um, you know, everybody has different inputs into what we want done. Um, and I think what's really important for me is that we represent everybody's um, you know, thoughts on what needs to be changed and things like that. Um, so the closer we can get to that, obviously, is um, the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, you know, it stretches, um, everything from, you know, our, our schedules and our hours, um, you know, our hours were recently cut after it's so, it's so backwards to a lot of us that, you know, they had us doing these teams things. We're doing 12 hour shifts, several days on a couple of days off back and forth like that. 
um and you know they break it up just right so it's like oh you're doing three on one week and it's like well no i'm really doing five in one week and two in the other but Mm -hmm. um you know and we appreciate it thank you so much for doing this you know we're gonna get through this as a company thank you and then their solution was all right we're gonna integrate we got these new shifts um and we're gonna cut your hours by about 25 percent um which you know don't feel very appreciated uh after that doesn't Mm -hmm. really seem like a reward for working all those hours and those long shifts um so outside of our hours getting cut you know covid protocols are you know they're, they're i feel like they're just left right and center it doesn't feel like um you know they they've really given up at this point and a lot of us kind of feel well we, we do have a couple of employees who you know they've um got compromised immune systems for numerous reasons or uh what have you and um you know they don't necessarily feel safe but then also we have medical patients that come into our facility every single day mm-hmm. um to buy cannabis and you know the more you uh change the and loosen up these regulations without really any rhyme or reason um you know it just starts to feel more like negligence right um i mean just to give you an example uh new era urbana which is less than 15 minutes away from your store still offers to this day Correct me if I'm wrong, folks, because I don't shop really at dispensaries often at all anymore. Um, They still offer curbside pickup. You guys don't. And I think that's a clear form of negligence. Obviously, I'm not blaming you, Rami. Um, No, 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 no. no. Yeah. Uh, But that's a stance that that Cresco seems to have taken. Trust me, I make no decisions over there at Sunnyside. (laughs) Zero decisions. Yeah, you just... This is what I always tell people that wellness advisors or bud tenders do. You open the cabinet and you see if you... If if you have indeed what I said, and if you do, you grab it and you give it to me, and if you don't, you tell me, yeah. hey, I don't have that. That's the, that's your job. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and you know that's that's one of the problems with, um, you know, we might touch on it later, but you you've already kind of touched on the kind of problem we're already seeing in this industry with all these big players that have already gotten their, you know, they are dug in the sand at this point, um, and now we're trying to let these newer smaller businesses try. Um, and get involved in that and um oh my goodness i just lost my train of thought I'm sorry, hey it's guys. okay i mean i think i know where you're going i mean you're talking about dispensaries open opening but cultivation licenses not i feel like that's kind of the spirit of what you're talking about cultivations li- licenses not being awarded so it's an uphill battle cultivation yeah, licenses exactly. get awarded late that's also an uphill battle because you got to fucking scale up and everything else, get your name out there, all those things. So yeah, it's a, it's a travesty. What's, what's been done to this industry. Um, let's, let's hope though that through these conversations, we can, um, start to influence some change. So, um, we're about at the top of our time. I want to be conscious of our time and I also love playing devil's advocate. So either of you feel free to jump in. I'm not, you know, it's not just one per, you know, if one of you feels more comfortable than the other, go ahead. Um, I guess the first thing I the the first thing I'll say is uh, again, Rami. You don't have to answer this question, but I'm just going to throw it at you, Rami. So now that you're unionizing, all your prices are going to go up, right? Uh, no chance. Um, <laughs> for, first of all, they're already making so much money off of what they're charging right now. Um, 
there's other locations in town that are going to keep the same pricing, Sunnyside is definitely not going to, um, you know, let their competition charge any less than they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of this is set on a much larger scale than, um, you know, based on what the company might be spending in our store specifically. Um, yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you what do you say that this is, I'm just you know I did some research on anti-union talking points today, so <laughs> you know give me give me a break. This is bad for management, shareholders, and anybody who invests in stocks or mutual funds. Disagree. Um, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Ron. Yeah. Well, uh, bad for management. Uh, that definitely doesn't make much sense to me at all. Um, right. Because um, the whole point is that, you know, management is not working with us or for us. Um, so it was already bad. <laughs> so this is not going to change that if that were the case. If anything, it can only go the opposite way, right? Um, only get better. For yeah. That. And, um, and sorry, go ahead, Ron. Sure, you go ahead. Oh, go I, I, just to kind of echo that too. You know, I think at the core of all of this is regardless of which company you work for or which dispensary you're at or cultivation center, processing center, whatever, it, the request is we want one set of rules and we want to, fo- mm-hmm. we want to agree on them. We want, we're going to vote. And we're going to agree on all of them. And we just want to follow this one set of concise rules as opposed to this, you know, rotating handbook or, you know, uh, changing SOPs or whatever it is. It, it's, that's the point. And, you know, if we can all focus on one set of rules, why wouldn't we be able to grow? You know, because that's just the same track. Right. So we're all going to run it. Uh, and knowing what those rules exa- are. Exactly. Clearly. And it's, and as opposed to them being murky and not talked about. Yeah. I mean, cause I, I've mm-hmm. already, you know, I've spoken to other, uh, other folks too. They're, you know, even management just walking out, you know, in some locations too, where it's like, you're, that's, you know, it's affecting management even in the conditions that they are in too. So, I mean, I would argue the fact that, you know, a contract would make things a little bit more concise and a little simpler. Mm-hmm. Um, so another talking point that kind of stems from that is uh, some people have fears. You kind of already touched on this, Rami, so either either you, again, feel free to jump in. But um, some people have fears about having everybody lumped into one set of rules um or 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 agenda they might they might spin it as um how do you address those like concerns? sort of the argument that like one employee might feel like they work harder or they yeah you know what I mean? yeah like yeah that, that yep. kind of line of things yep yep yeah um well here's what i would say to that one have you really noticed that they've been rewarding you for being that better of an employee up until this point? I mean, have you already seen that or that was that what you're hoping for? Um, because, uh, you know, it, it goes along with a lot of the anti-union messaging that we get with the company, you know, um, our retort to it pretty much every time is like, yeah, you're saying the union may or may not be able to do these things, but you totally could. Mm-hmm. You're like listing these things that like, you guys want this to happen and the union, yeah, they might not do it, but it's like, you know, we want it to happen. And you could make it possible. So, you know, making yourself on an equal playing field or, you know, keeping yourself level with the rest of your employees is because you all do the same job and you're all contributing equally into this, this business in this industry. Um, and, you know, the company will look for reasons to either leave people behind that, um, you know, they don't like or 
um, you know, there's nothing in their benefit to keep you there. If you're a great employee for a really long time, if you say don't want to progress necessarily into management or something like that, you like your position, you're just going to become more and more expensive to them. Right. And because you're at will, they can decide at any point, like, you know, you've been here for too long, you're working too hard and we're paying you too much. Everybody else is doing the same job as you and we're paying them way less. So mm -hmm. yeah. Why keep I mean, you around? From my personal experience, I was in the dispensary doing the most always. And um, it did get me some promotions to a point where they made me a salaried employee. And I was like, oh, awesome. I got this huge oh, raise. This is amazing. And then when I calculated my salary against the hours I was working, I was making yeah. half of what I made before. So it yeah, was a yeah, total yeah, yeah. Salary's bait a and switch. Yeah, it's a trick. <laughs> and just to, yeah. I get to chime in too. I think the other point too is, you know, union contracts support, you know, quality work. And, and I think when you have quality people that are already doing immensely great work, we get to hear their voice and put that within a contract and say, this is how this is actually going to be successful. And, and, and mm -hmm. I love people that make the arguments like, well, it just supports lazy people. It's like actually statistically yeah. speaking, lazy people or people yep. that, you know, uh, don't really follow this scenario uh, or, or don't or operate within these guidelines or under even understand how to, that it benefits them. They don't last long. And, you know, and it mm -hmm. really supports people that do put in quality work and want to be there. And, and I, I mean, I can only speak for myself, and I, I'm curious what Justin, uh, Justine and Rami have to say about it, too, of, um, you know, I really liked my job when I was working at a dispensary prior to REC. Oh. You know, I, I, the, the people yeah. that I worked with were incredible, um, you know, and there's there's not a ton of training on the on the company side, even to the point where they, they, they're categorized that they can train their own employees, and they actually cut down that minimal training time from eight hours to, you know, uh, even less in some scenarios, and and, and so you're almost doing a lot of self-training and, and thank God I had so many knowledgeable coworkers at the time when I started because they shared that knowledge with me and, they, and we all grew together. And that's what really kind of kept us as cohesive as we, we were. And, um, and I think that, you know, kind of echoes with, with Rami and his entire group that they're, they're, they're incredibly intelligent people that work there and incredibly hardworking people. And that's what, that's why it's right. so successful. And that's why they're moving together in steps. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it definitely crosses my mind all the time, like on a busy day or, or when there has just been, you know, something that's just hitting the fan hard that day. And, you know, for the same reasons that we're organizing, it's just been really frustrating or something. It is really nice to, you know, to back up and look big pictures like, all right, I am selling cannabis today at work. I'm going to get to work with some med patients that are really going to appreciate my help today. Um, you know, and I'm going to feel useful and I'm going to really love what I do because, um, I think it's another thing we touch on a lot that the people that work at Sunnyside that are your, your bud tenders, your wellness advisors, your AICs, we've wanted to have these jobs for a very long time. We have dreamed about being able to do this league. Um, and the people really running the show, you know, um, are here for the cash, um, and more power to them, I guess. But, um, yeah, I think the the passionate people are, is what's going to going to make this and uh so, so my my dad's european so i always look at things like this um, also because more vacation time is better but it lazier uh employees don't come from getting more vacation time they become more productive they enjoy their job more um, they're better employees because they feel valued they're able to have a great work-life balance um 
driving your employees into the dirt does not create better, harder work. I mean, it's, it's not efficient at all. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just to agree with you, I mean, when I worked in the dispensary, those were very hardworking, very intelligent people. And, you know, even when shit was hitting the fan, we would kind of turn to each other and remind ourselves, like, we get to sell cannabis legally. We're not leaving here in a cop car. We get to go home to our families and sleep in our bed and wake up in the morning and do it again and, you know, educate people on the powers of this plant and how amazing this medicine can be. So, you know, even when it gets really tough, we've still got each other and we're still doing something that we have, like you said, dreamt of doing for years. So it's, it's kind of hard. And that's to, enough to just string you along through exactly. the, the worst of it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Um, so, Nick, you kind of addressed one of the points I was going to bring up. Uh, you know, if you have a, u- a labor union always watching your back, that may foster complacency. Um, sounds like you that you address. We address that in a multitude of ways, including that little last bit about vacation. Um, I guess one of the last few ones maybe that i have as we wrap up i know we're just about at the top of our time um you're going to be forced to pay high cost of union dues fees and fines man the the union is a business rather than a democratic organization um well what i um oh go ahead Ron. yeah go ahead i got go yeah ahead. sure so uh so yeah, union ahead. dues obviously you know they are the resources that a, that a union utilizes to function uh you know with mm-hmm. that said though too uh, benefits uh, greatly outweigh union dues. Um, you know what I what I can say, uh, having you know been on both sides of working with local 881, both as a um, you know as a member contributing and now as you know a member organizing. Um, so those you know those dues are you know set by the international office. But you know I tip my hat to 881 when I kind of researched some of their history and, you know, really kind of, uh, I wanted to really understand where we were coming from, you know, and what, you know, what this business did to support its members. It's, uh, you know, every time there was a wage increase for some of the other members in, in other industries, um, 881 did not raise those dues for those people. They, they looked at their own books and said, how can we reevaluate what we do here and, and be more efficient for our members and, and kind of tighten our own, our own belt and, and say like, we don't need to pass this on to the members. Um, now, with that said, though, too, you know, union dues are, like I said, set by the international office. Um, you know, they're they're set at the lowest rate for cannabis right now because it's brand new. Um, and I can, you know, without uh, going into great detail, I can tell you um, from the contracts that I've, I've seen and been a part of, um, benefits greatly outweigh the dues. And, um, and it's, it's for the benefit of the employee. All right. All right. So uh, I'll back off. I'll back off. I fucking hate. This I, is not easy for him to back off of. He loves it. I can <laughs> no, see it in his eyes. <laughs> well, thank you guys for always, you know, for being willing to humor me on that. I think it's important to try to have a honest conversation and share thoughts that, I mean, I found those thoughts online. So obviously people think those things. And so we take the, yeah. the, those ideas head on and folks and i mean if, co-workers think those yeah, things for sure yeah. yeah i mean it it you know people they're looking out for for uh their best interest i mean you know and so um 
I guess, folks, just to give you an opportunity, if you feel like there's anything we didn't address, of course, we can have Nick back on in the future. Go to chillinois.net slash contact. We're going to have the link uh, to UFCW881, Illinois Cannabis Workers United. We're going to have the link to that in the podcast, but one more time, it's ilcannabisworkersunited.org. If you want to get some guidance, you know, maybe start a conversation and see if this is right for you. Uh, I think that's the place to start. Um, you, you know, Nick's been on our show multiple times, uh, so if you haven't, if this is your first time listening to Nick, go back and check out our last uh, podcast. We did a little bit more of an open format conversation about all this stuff. So, um, if you know any of your questions were answered between this episode and that episode, reach out. Uh, to, you can even reach out to Nick. I'm sure via that contact information on IllinoisCannabisWorkersUnited.org, or you can send it my way because I know uh, Nick's a cool guy. I'm sure he'll be back on the Chillinoy podcast in the future. Um, so, Rami, uh, Nick. Um, thank you so much for setting aside time today. Um, did you want to? Did either of you want to plug your social media? If our fans want to get connected with you, if not, it's no worries. Yeah, I would just. Uh, you, I mean, you, you put it in. The, uh, yeah, I'll, Cole, you kind of said it best. We'll, we'll put it in the notes too of just ilcannabisworkersunited.org. Um, you know, if there's okay. uh, uh, most of the pages that I have are all personal pages, but if you know. That sure. that comes up, and you're at the end of the day. I, you know, just a cannabis worker, a former cannabis worker, speaking to another cannabis worker. So I'm I'm happy to have those conversations whenever they they need to happen or they want people want to have them. Um, yeah, and and you know, our doors open, so we uh we're here to support you and and to kind of you know help you uh, along this path uh, to kind of get you to uh you know a, a union contract and you know and be supported. Um, so yeah, no looking for uh any anybody wants to reach out, let us know cool cool all right rami thanks again um i'm sure i'll see if i see you one of these days i will i'll be sure to say hi i stop i've been through that store occasionally like i say with with as much homegrown as we have right now and as much as we're about to harvest again there's just no reason no good reason really to go to the dispensary right now um, but come on, yeah. dude, 80 bucks an eighth. Good deal, man. <laughs> yeah, deal. true. Good I am deal. missing out on those $80 eighths. Come Darn. on, man. Um, so yeah, well you guys keep in touch. Thank you for your time today. And, uh, folks check out, um, the, the information in the description if, uh, any of this stuff interested you. So thanks guys. Thanks for having us. So much, guys. For sure.